Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Welcome to the show tonight. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm really excited for this episode. The uh, um I want to take a moment and thank our listeners. Boy, we're really getting out there. Peru, Brazil, Argentina, India, China, quite a bit of traffic in Ukraine, um, Europe, Mexico, Canada, United States, Japan, Australia. I uh, I really appreciate you, the listener. I, I do, I do. I do it for you. <laughs> What a show. What a show. Um, Wow. I'm excited for tonight. The topic, creating the new human and the new earth. And it'll be yours truly um, with the content tonight. I've been really reminiscing over the 12 years we've been interviewing people and uh, the the terrain, so to speak, that the show has covered. <laughs> we, um, uh, you can just go to the archives and there's just hundreds and hundreds of shows there from from over the years. But I think the winds of change are blowing, to put it mildly. I think there's going to be so much change that the topic is appropriate. Creating the new human and the new earth here on the New Human Living podcast. I've been thinking about the, oh, I don't know what you want to call it, the evolution of consciousness, the evolving of the human genome, the um, the next chapter of our of our human story. So we're going to delve into what the new dynamics are going to look like, both individually as a human being and collectively as a human race or a human species on the planet. And uh, I'm very excited for this because it, um, I guess you could call it a download or uh, insights or whatever, but if you look at the, the mechanics of our history, if you look at the last 100 years, 500 years, 1,000 years, whatever, we've, we've really lived in a, uh, a 3D narrative. In, in other words, the collective consciousness has been all about what's happening out there, out in the atoms, out in the material world. We have our our governments and our school systems and our sciences and we have our our farms and our food and we have our cultures and we have our our rituals and 
to to look at it from that 3D perspective, it has been like steadfast. Um, we've been anchored, so to speak, in these in these types of narratives. I mean, the um, the history of humanity has really um, put all of our attention into the physical world and what's happening in the physical world. And what I realize is all, all that can flip over. It it can flip over in a way that changes all the the paradigms, all the narratives. And that's why I chose New Human, New Earth as part of the title. It's a curious thing to to look at the human persona. Uh, let's let's start off with the the new human, and then later in the show we're going to talk about the new earth. The uh, we've had countless episodes of people on this show that have broken the standard narrative, that have shattered the old stereotype, the old um, narrative or or storyline that uh, the collective consciousness has has had in relationship to what a human being can do as far as its health, as far as its uh, evolution. Um, We've talked about epigenetics. We've talked about quantum. Quantum, uh, we've had many shows about quantum. And uh, I, I like the idea of the projection of a mirror so a mirror in and of itself doesn't have any skin in the game so to speak it's an impersonal reflection of what it is shown so to speak and yet the reflection is uh is a a striking resemblance of what is presented to it I mean, a good, clean mirror looks crisp and clean. It shows you a very pristine image of what is um, shown to it, so to speak. And what quantum technology, what quantum science is, is teaching us is that the physical world, the physical world is is not this rigid, um, stuck-in-physical-law type of uh, holodeck, if you will, uh, uh, the stage of life, if you will. In, but rather, it's quite pliable. And so, so say, for example, let's look at the the narrative of Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ, as as the story goes, can go into a leper colony and not worry about catching any disease. Jesus can heal the sick without catching the, the illness and even raise the dead. And And what that's showing us is that as our consciousness evolves, and Jesus said flat out, 
everything I have done, you will do as well. So we can fully expect to have those kinds of experiences ourselves where we walk into the hospital and we don't catch anything. We walk into the leper colony. We walk into the insert name of of medical condition here because the medical the medical condition has no power of its own it it doesn't I, and and when jesus demonstrated the idea that he was impervious to any dis-ease of the collective it a lot of how we've approached our health has been in the physical atoms, in the physical body. Um, Western medicine is is looks at us like a, a meat suit, <laughs> look like a, a cluster of atoms, a cluster of organs, and to quote solve problems is to work on the body as a physical agent. And yet quantum science tells us that it's a projection that all atoms, everything physical, everything physical is a projection off of the quantum mirror. So when we talk about the new human, the as we evolve into the the narrative that has been shown to us, again, my upbringing has been in uh, the United States in traditional Western uh, culture, and and in those uh, uh, in Christianity, Jesus is the the um, prophet or or whatever that demonstrates to us what our potential is. The the idea that we only use 10% of our brains, 8 to 10% of our brains, and that only 8 to 10% of our DNA is active. 8 to 10% of our brains and 8 to 10% of our DNA. Well, wait a minute. Doesn't that kind of shoot the Darwin thing in the foot? Because evolution would say we wouldn't have 80 to 90% of our brain wired for something before we actually use it. The, the Darwin narrative says as we, as we evolve, we incrementally add to our genetics. We incrementally adapt to our environment. We incrementally evolve our persona. But if we have 80 to 90 percent of our brain already in there and it hasn't been, quote, activated, unquote, well, wait a minute. That doesn't follow the Darwin thing at all. 80 to 90 percent is a huge number. We're not talking about, oh, here's a 5% 5% or 10% we found and we're not sure what it does. These this 80 to 90% is is the vast majority. And and so if we look at our brain as this supercomputer that we're barely using, it's like buying 
the fastest computer you can and then playing Pong on it. Um, Pong is an old uh, tennis type program that first came out a billion years ago. Um, and, and our dormant DNA. What's, what's up with that? Why do we have DNA that's not active? I know science calls it junk, but that doesn't impress me at all. Um, it's like all of us have this human genome, this human persona, and the whole premise of this podcast, if you've been following us for the decade or more we've been doing this, is what are the what are the elements of ourselves? It's it's about ourselves. It's about you, the listener. You're listening to this audio now. You have a persona. You have a genome. You have a DNA. You have an ancestral tree of genetics. You have a conscious awareness. You have a soul. Every one of us has these elements. And again, with so many episodes on the show, epigenetics is showing us that, well, our our DNA is not rigid. Our DNA is not cast in stone. If the idea of a hereditary genetic condition that we have no control over is, is folly. It's not accurate. It's not true. The I don't know how many episodes we've had of people... Um, healing themselves when they're when the western doctor says hey you know what you're screwed there's nothing we can do and and yet they turn around and and shatter the the story they shatter the old narrative the idea um it was it was thought that the brain we had when we were born a hundred gazillion neurons was it and we didn't, our brains didn't really evolve. We kind of grew into it and then the, the brain would start to decay and that was it. But that's not the case at all. Our brains will respond to us all throughout our life. They're a dynamic, viable, plus, um, um, your brain can evolve and grow at any age of your life. So when we talk about creating the new human, what would that look like? What would it look like to have 100% of your brain turned on? What would it look like to have 100% of your DNA turned on? What would it be like to have your sense of self? I think this one's really important because... Because our our sense of self, I think, is a quagmire in and of itself. Who are you today? And how does this you, this you that is here now, how does it compare to the you of just yesterday, 24 hours ago? Is it is that pretty similar? 
Is your life trajectory pretty similar? Are you growing and evolving yourself? I, I think the, uh, we can get into a, a very complacent mode because one day looks like the next. It's like our expectation of life doesn't change. We have this very comfortable, very normal narrative. I am this, I am that, I'm a man, I'm a engineer, I'm a published author, I'm a podcast host, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. Well, Jesus says, uh, I can do all kinds of stuff. But if my day-to-day narrative doesn't do anything to move me towards my own divine potential, if my day-to-day narrative doesn't move me towards my own inherent divine potential, that's that sense of normalcy. That's that sense of familiarness. Today was very similar to yesterday, perhaps, for you. Now, I'm not suggesting we we create this um, hurry, hurry, scurry, scurry, treadmill, we must do this, we must do that, we must do this, we must do that. that. That is not what I'm getting at here. What I'm getting at, though, is who we see ourselves as, our sense of self. I think for a lot of people, for them to be able to evolve their sense of self, evolve their consciousness, evolve their experience with the quantum field, you have to, you don't have to. If you choose to, you can heal your relationship with miracles. Now, I'm going to use Jesus again, but Krishna, Buddha, Allah, Muhammad, pick one. If if Jesus Christ came and, and stood or sat next to you now and said, hey, here, check this out, poof, and manifested something out of thin air, the, the world you live in doesn't need to change. The field of miracles is in front of you right now. The, what should I say, the physics of miracles is turned on now. Are you expecting to see yourself evolve into a a more and more powerful persona. And I don't mean powerful in the control or dominion over another. But at some point, some point, you can choose to expect your own narrative 
to evolve into more of of what your divine potentials say you're capable of. In other words, I would imagine a good Christian would expect themselves to be able to perform miracles, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to feed the well, all all manner of miracles that have been attributed to their quote savior unquote because that very person said you're going to do everything i have done so when is that going to show up in our day-to-day dialogue when is that going to show up in our expectation of our future when is that going to show up as the new human genome The field of miracles that you live in, no matter where you are, no matter when you are, is awaiting your dominion of it. Now, what do I mean by dominion? If it's done unto you as you believe and you don't believe, it's not going to be done unto you. Dominion, I think, I think dominion is um, is a topic that needs to show up in religions and sciences and teachings. Jesus had dominion over the condition. Jesus knew that the physical world was a reflection of the conscious world. What do I mean by that? So imagine your angels are right next to you now, and and you're in the environment you're in, and there's something hard nearby, something you can knock on. And to you, whatever you can knock on, well, damn, that's physical matter. That's I can't put my hand through that. That's physical. But to your angels watching you live out your life, you're in a dream. You're in a dream. But to you, it seems real. See, Jesus understood the pliability of reality. Remember when I started off the podcast, I talked about the 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 lineage of consciousness over the past thousand years, hundred years, whatever. We've been living in the reflection. We've been living in the material world, and we see that as reality. But Jesus comes along and looks at the physical world and says, well, hey, I don't know what he said, uh, but hey, check this out, poof, and he changes it. Check this out, poof, and he changes it. Check this out, poof, and he changes it. It's pliable. It's not this rigid thing. His, the intention of his consciousness directly changed the physical world around him. Let me say that again. The intention of his consciousness changed the physical aspect of the world that he was in. And we call it a miracle. 
So do you live in a physical world? Is that physical world rigid or is it pliable? At some point we need to, we don't have to do anything. At some point we need to think, to understand, to believe that indeed it is pliable. If we're ever going to get to that upper crust Christian Christ mentality living, which was promised to us, the new human, the new human take all the saviors from all the religions and and stereotype them into one super being or one super savior or whatever and that's the the genome the idea of the new human living new human living the we should evolve out of hospitals. We should evolve out of sickness. We should evolve out of d- disease because Jesus didn't have any of that. And he walked among the sick. And he was impervious to the sick. He understood that his consciousness dictates his experience of reality And so he had nothing to fear. So humanity, if we were to follow the teachings of our religious saviors, prophets, whatever you want, lords, uh, teachers, whatever you want to call them, we should evolve out of trying to fix ourselves in in the material realm. Again, on the show, many times we've had guests that have been um, proclaimed um, um, incurable, and yet they themselves shattered that narrative and restored health to their persona through their own consciousness. So we're, we're seeing people that understand that there's nothing fixed this is a this is a wild ass sentence. There's nothing fixed in the physical world that is not a reflection of the consciousness that created it. The reflection from a mirror has no influence from the mirror. In other words, the quantum field projects physical reality for us to have an experience in. But yet the physical reality that we have seen as being so rigid is actually pliable. And the way it's pliable by is by changing the consciousness that is projecting the image or idea of the physical world into the quantum. So Jesus could manifest matter out of thin air. Poof! So... As we evolve as human beings, more and more and more of us should be expecting that as our personal experience. And again, on the show, we've had guests that have changed the physical matter of their body, their reality, their life with their consciousness, and we're seeing it happen now. But this should become mainstream. This is 
this is the normal evolution of the human persona. And religion should be, um, there should be mystic schools, magic schools, alchemy schools, healing schools that are, that are Christian or Buddha or pick a religion. The, uh, the yoga sutras, the 25 yoga sutras would take the initiate into realms of, of transcending the laws of physics. From my perspective, the Eastern cultures, the 25 Yoga Sutras, are closer to Jesus Christ's teachings than the vast majority of Christian teachings because the students ultimately learn how to transcend the rigidness of the physical world. Where's the Christian equivalent of that? Isn't it funny that um, in, <laughs> um, they used to burn people at the stake in the town square for starting to emulate what their Savior taught them? You will do everything I will do and more. So Jesus heals people and then people start healing people and the church, whatever church, freaks out and burns them at the stake. I'm no uh, uh, anti-Christologist, but that's the polar opposite of Jesus' teachings. But now, here you are listening to me in Denver, Colorado, and you're wherever you are in the world, and it doesn't have to be live. And we can talk about the quantum, epigenetics, uh, consciousness, miracles, manifestation, over and over and over again. The garden is rich. The garden is a metaphor for what's available for you to harvest within yourself. The garden is rich. The garden is ripe. You are the personification of the divine. And inherent with that is an evolutionary path that allows you to perform as the saviors of all the religions have performed, as they have promised you will perform. So creating the new human and the new earth, the new, the new human, you got to step up a little bit. You don't have to step up. You can, you can make any choice you want. But if there's any chance in hell of you even coming close, if there's any chance in hell of you even coming close to your potential, you'll be evolving every day. And again, I don't mean it as a burden and don't beat yourself up if you don't feel like it's happening. But there should be an expectation, there could be an expectation of you evolving yourself, of you attracting to yourself opportunities to change your sense of self, your who you think you are day in and day out. And this show is part of that. If you're listening to this now, 
you've brought yourself into an environment that's given you a wake-up call that says, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, divine one, hey, uh, Christ consciousness incarnate, hey, divine persona. So what's it going to be? The new human is a whole different narrative. There's people in the collective that are still entrenched in the physical and they want to compound the the collective idea of the physical and that's a that's a false narrative. We we are given free agency. We can go down any road we want. But um AI or transhuman or um genetic manipulation from the from the atomic world in other words to to take our bodies in the physical world and quote make them better unquote wink wink by adding crap after the physical body uh has manifest in other words in the reflection of the mirror, in the reflection of the mirror, not the source, which is consciousness, but in the atomic reflection of the quantum mirror, go and mangle the atoms after they've manifest and create the superhuman there. Nah, that's like that's like trying to build God out of Legos. To to take the human genome and add AI or transhuman or genetically modify the physical vessel. The physical vessel is the reflection. You've missed the point. (laughs) The divine idea of the new human is to transform the human physical vessel through consciousness. And Jesus demonstrated that through his consciousness with his relationship with the quantum mirror, the purity of his persona, the purity of the energy he was projecting towards the quantum mirror could not be diluted and polluted with disease, and he had no fear. Nothing in the physical realm was a threat to him, and he knew it. And so that's that's where the evolution of the of humanity is headed but there's a lot of western mentality that says we can make it better with adding crap to the physical body through ai or computer implants or blah 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 genetic modification that's uh that's trying to build god out of legos <laughs> You're one element off of what's possible. You're downwind of your true potential because you're working with the reflection. I hope this makes sense. It seems to me we're, uh, we've only got 23 minutes left. Um, It seems to me there's, uh, real quickly, I'm going to just, 
at this point to the human genome part, then we're going to get to new Earth because that's a whole new paradigm too. If you get new humans living on the Earth, it's going to be a new Earth. So there's uh, in the spiritual community, there's 3D, 4D, 5D, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, etc. D dimensions. And it's quite clear that as you evolve up the octaves from 3D to 4D to 5D, your ability to transcend any of the old dogmas, your ability to transcend the narratives of these octaves below you are part of that evolutionary process. In other words, if you were to evolve into your 5D consciousness and and um, embody that, your whole persona would be at such a higher vibration. We, we haven't even talked about power, and power is my Kool-Aid because of my work with high-powered TV transmitters. Um, as you go up in octaves, the power of your consciousness goes up exponentially, and so your ability to influence the physical realm goes up accordingly. Um, I could we could talk quite a bit more about this human genome thing and the evolution of the new human here on the new human living podcast. But let's look at New Earth. Um, we don't have that much time left. So the the a lot of the current 3D narrative is is again hinged around uh, Western academics looking at the physical realm, looking at the reflection of the quantum mirror, and trying to harangue all the <laughs> all the matter, all the atomic stuff into the quote better narrative by manipulating it but so i i'm going to i'm going to go fast forward here to give as much information i can in the 21 minutes left so here's some books you can read mutant message down under it's a quick read it's a small book mutant message down under it's about a woman that goes and hangs with the Aborigines and what she learns about how they transcend the Western narrative. The Western narrative doesn't even apply to their culture. And books like that are helpful because if you grew up in the Western narrative and your mind is ever going to get to the point of having dominion over the, the realm of miracles, you need you need to believe it, and books like that help you believe it. Another book, it's actually a set of books, is written by Vladimir Magir, a, river, a riverboat captain in Russia. The first book is called Anastasia. There's like eight or nine books in that series. Again, the, the author is Vladimir Magir, and the first book is called Anastasia. And there's like eight or nine books. Those series, and they're part of the ringing cedars. Like you ring a bell and the cedar tree. Ringing cedars. 
get those books and read them because they'll talk to your heart. And another one to show you the pliability of the physical realm is Magnus of Java. And I don't know the author, but you can Google it. Magnus of Java. And that's a story of a master that that learns to have power over the atomic world through his consciousness alone. Those books will help you. They'll help your ego. They'll help your mind move towards having dominion over your physical realm. So let's get to the new earth. The reason I brought up those books before I got to new earth is because in the Anastasia, uh, Anastasia series, it talks about the garden being the pharmacy. And it's quite specific. So if you have a garden and you physically go out into your garden and you sweat and you breathe and you touch and you have a, an interaction with the plants, the plants literally change their chemistry in response to you to produce what your body needs to be healthy. Let me say that again. The divine design of, a, of, of animals, humans living on earth, interacting with the plant world, the divine design has the whole holodeck as intelligence. The whole holodeck is intelligence. So when you go into the garden and you interact with the plants, they sense your body and what it needs, and they transmute their own growth pattern to become your medicine. We don't need genetically modified anything. We don't need to go into the atomic realm and change things with our academic mind. So that's not the path. The path is to flip it all over and recognize that um, every living thing is divine consciousness itself, and the original design of planet Earth wasn't broken. In fact, it was a beautiful, elegant design where the interaction with one aspect of nature is compatible and, and supports the other aspect of nature. One aspect of nature is you, and the other aspect is your garden. As you go out into your garden, the, the consciousness of both sides of the equation are wired to take care of themselves. Academically, we should be teaching alchemy. We should be teaching emotions and karma and quantum, quantum physics and epigenetics. For the new earth recognizes that the whole flipping holodeck, the whole planet is divine consciousness expressing itself. The universe is not divided against itself. There's not God consciousness and then some other source of consciousness. It, it's uh, Everything is a manifestation of the divine. 
of the one, the source consciousness, prime consciousness, whatever you want to call it. If I go into the center of me and find the divine white light, and you go into the center of you and find the divine white light, it's not a different light. It's the same. We we come from source and we will return to source. So the new earth, our, our education, our agriculture, um, I see medicine as evolving out of having a need as we move more and more into harmony, as we move up the octaves of consciousness, as Jesus demonstrated, there is no dis-ease when the totality of you is in alignment with Christ consciousness or source consciousness that's within you now. And just imagine that. I mean, um, I wish I had more time. The If the quantum mirror reflects back to you, the energetic composition of your personal energy persona, and you evolve yourself, and you clean out the closet, so to speak, clean out the junk in the trunk, and you uh, heal your emotions, and you forgive your past, and you... Cleanse and purify and cleanse and purify and cleanse and purify your personal energy persona. Then there's there's no place for dis-ease to land. There's no place for incongruency to happen. If we all become Jesuses as promised, eventually, we all perform miracles. There's no want I think what it's going to evolve into, it's not per se evolve into, but I think what we're going to recognize is the expression of ourselves. You might call it art. You might call it um, passions. Um, there's, There's so many ways we can express ourselves. But the, the divine idea, um, if you go to uh, if you go to newhumanliving.com, I gave a talk last Sunday, actually in public. I gave a talk, and it's posted on newhumanliving.com. If you scroll down a little ways, watch that video, and I talk about how to embody your soul. I'm going to cheat here and, <laughs> and refer you to that video to put more content in the 12 minutes we have left. Because um, the new earth, I believe, will have people who are clear and in harmony with their life purpose. Their egos will not be the ones driving their life. The passion of their heart will be the one driving their life. That's why I talk about in that uh, um, last Sunday's um, speech. Uh, speech when um, when our ego steps aside and lets the passion of our heart and the vision of our soul move front and center in our life, the new earth will be a, a vibrant, passionate community, a vibrant, passionate community of souls expressing 
their heart's desire, of souls fulfilling their life purpose. And as more and more of humanity moves into that kind of harmony with their own personal energy persona, where their ego is well aware of the intentions of their soul, where their ego is not intimidated by the passion of their heart, when the ego steps aside, so to speak, and fulfills the divine idea of the role of the ego, then the heart, the soul, and the ego feel satisfied and fulfilled today. To feel satisfied from your heart, from your soul, and your ego today and every day. The sense of of gratitude towards life when that happens. I can speak from this firsthand. When I first went to write books, my ego argued. (laughs) My ego argued with my heart and my soul for years, and it took me forever to write my first book because I was incongruent with what I'm talking about here. My ego didn't want to participate, didn't want to cooperate. And now I really enjoy writing books. If we look at the new earth and we look at people living from the inside out, humanity becomes more like that flock of birds where we all intuitively are following our own inner guidance. And yet collectively as a tribe, as a culture, we move intuitively in the ways we need to move to live a more harmonious life. It's like watching flocks of birds fly around or schools of fish swimming where they all react, they, um, they're living as one consciousness. And that's the, the soul consciousness, you could say, of, of the human persona. Imagine humanity living in harmony with itself where people are passionately expressing themselves in music and dance and and crafts and woodwork and writing and um uh, it's it's just endless and it really truly is endless the story's never over this is an exciting time to be alive do you get the idea that um that I'm I'm conveying here that we shift our our place of creation from the outside into the inside. I mean, um, the evolved human. The imagine uh, everybody on the planet has reached the Jesus Christ level, and poof done, poof done, and. And there is no sickness to be healed. There is no um, incongruency, if you will, amongst anyone. If we've all reached the level of consciousness we've been shown as the natural evolution of consciousness, um, that's a that's a cool dynamic. The when you clean out your persona, 
of your unresolved emotions, unresolved, uh, your incongruent beliefs, assumes and whatnot, and you heal, you heal your relationship with, yep, you guessed it, you healed your relationship with love. I would be amiss if I didn't talk about the new earth and love. What do you think the quantum mirror would reflect reflect back to you if you were unconditional love? What if you had unconditional love for yourself? Can you imagine that? If you have trouble imagining that, invent an imaginary older sibling. Not an older sibling that you have. Invent an imaginary older sibling that loves you dearly, that looks at you struggling, has nothing but compassion for you. And that older sibling is always there to help you navigate through the struggles of your life. I use this example as a way for us to see what love would look like for ourselves. For many of us, self-love is a tough one. For many of us, self-love is is difficult. But if you can um, uh, move it one click to the left or right, then it's not as tough. And that's why I use the older sibling uh, example. So imagine an older sibling that loves you dearly, that's followed you all through your life and is is ready to provide you with ideas and suggestions that would help you traverse the struggles and challenges of your life. You know, you're really good with your hands. Why don't you go to the to the the trade school and uh, I know you like building stuff. There's several classes about that. You could you could get certified, and I think you'd really enjoy a career working with your hands. You can imagine an older sibling telling you that. Sometimes it's hard for you to see it for yourself. So if if you cleanse and purified your persona and forgave yourself and forgave everything on the planet with unconditional love and you saw everything through unconditional love and the essence of your persona was unconditional love, what would the quantum field mirror back to you? Unconditional love. Well, when you when you emote or emit love from your personal energy persona and the quantum field reflects it back as love, that's heaven on earth. That's heaven on earth. That's the stuff. What's the new earth? Love expressing itself. Love. Love is is a vast, powerful, endless persona consciousness love has a wisdom love has a a i don't know if demeanor is blasphemy because that suggests it's one way and not the other uh, love has this i'm going to use demeanor love has this beautiful demeanor of wanting to express itself in grander and grander ways over and over again forever 
If love isn't burning in your heart, poke it with a stick. Wave wave some air over the ambers and stir it up. Love will kick your ass in such a beautiful way if you let it. You, you want to expand your life day to day? day? Daydream, contemplate, noodle the notion of love. You want, (laughs) here's a prayer that um, will kick your ass. Divine Mother, Divine Father, please show me how I could be an an even greater vessel of compassion for humanity. Show me how I can be an even greater vessel of compassion for humanity. And hold on to your britches because over time you'll, you'll get flashes of what your life could be. And those flashes will be what your life would look like with more love in your life. Does that make sense? More love in your life. Divine Mother, Divine Father, please show me a vision of my life where I'm a even greater vessel of compassion for humanity. <laughs> and then, are you brave? Are you brave? Can you do it? The new human and the new earth is is a glorious a glorious thing. The dawn of the new age, the dawn of the golden years, the golden era. We have reached a transition point. Humanity has evolved to the point of it being possible for us to evolve into a planet that is indeed heaven personified. How beautiful is that? Don't, uh, we're almost out of time. Don't fret about the future because the human consciousness is, I suggest, the most powerful substance for change for the human narrative millions of prayers have been prayed to the big guy big gal God goddess with a capital G billions of prayers have been prayed come save our come save our asses put an end to the suffering And zero times has a glowing orb come down from the heavens and waved a wand to change the slums into palaces. Never ever has a divine persona changed the collective narrative in a a bold and substantial way. It's always been through the human physical form. 
But the human physical form is the most powerful substance imaginable because it's source consciousness. It's you. It's God consciousness. It's you. It's infinite potential consciousness interacting with the quantum mirror with a sense of dominion to create heaven on earth. When human consciousness breaks into the higher realms and we're fast approaching it, the expansion of good to our collective narrative will go through the roof. We're very powerful personas, all of us. We're very powerful personas and we're starting to recognize that. And I celebrate you being here now, growing your sense of self. So thank you for showing up for yourself. If you want to work on your dominion, um, my book, Forgiven Sinner, God Slash Savior, you're going to have to heal your relationship with God, with the idea of God. Until your idea of God is is healed, how can you how can you have dominion? How can you show up and create miracles? Forgiven the sinner God slash Savior heals your relationship, especially if you were raised in a traditional um, world religion. Citizen King, the New Age of Power, teaches your ego how cool it is to let your heart and your soul. Um, show up in your life in a more powerful way. Citizen King teaches your ego how cool your life can become if you step aside from your ego's perspective and let the passion of your heart and the vision of your soul more front and center in your everyday life. Talk about making one day different than the next. Let your heart and your soul drive. And then the new human living platform, an easy thing for you to to do, low risk, is go sign up for the newsletter at newhumanliving.com. I'm 12 years into this, and I'm, I'm touting every possible thing I can bring to you to help you expand your personal power. I'm, I'm rooting for you. And... You can help me do that by signing up for my newsletter. I appreciate you, the listener. What a what a fun 12 years it's been. And I'm making a probably 40-year plan, and then I'll reevaluate after 40 years and make more plans about how I can help humanity more and more and more. Thanks again. Always a pleasure. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open, check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.